Hi, Roz. Hi, Jackie Sue. Welcome back. <laughs> wow. To another episode of We Forgive You, a podcast all about self care through a celebrity. Roz, it's been you know, a few days since we last recorded. Just I a couple. Um, I know we gave um, all of the forgivers out there, you know, a lot of notice that we're going to be going on hiatus. Uh, you know, it's been a, a long year, um, although it really doesn't feel like it's been, I, I think it's been like six months since we last recorded. Okay, so June 11th. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, six months. You know, months. we only like hanging for six months, um, which With is no notice. Fine. Yeah. No notice. No updates to the Instagram. I got logged out of the Instagram um, randomly one day by Instagram and didn't ever get logged back in. And so I'm, I'm like truly like adrift. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, it's also weird because, you know, as people get Zoom fatigue, I think we just got fatigued by the pandemic, obviously, Absolutely. and needed a break. Because it was, like, we were really on top of it for, and it was like a godsend for a while. And not even a Taylor Swift album that came out a month later could get us back to the pod, which is wild. I really, I look back on myself in the summer, and I really was just, you know, I was not doing well. I don't think Um, anyone was, yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Mentally. Oh, Mentally, wasn't, um, you know, firing on all cylinders. I was uh, not firing on all cylinders, so mm-hmm. to say. Um, but we have sort of wanted to record for a while and kept getting uh, messages from the universe, in my mind, uh, telling us that it was time to record. Uh, the first, obviously, was um, that album you mentioned, uh, which uh, was a surprise release. Then there was a second uh, surprise Taylor release. Um, and among um, other things, including one of the things we'll talk about later, a, a certain character um, has really emerged as sort of the main character on Twitter and the internet today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's otherwise just been a side character, I feel like, on our podcast. She has uh, been. More than anything else. Um, like but I, I, I mean, I also want to give us kudos that she has been mentioned a few times on our podcast. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's a handful of people out there, including my boyfriend, Patrick, um, who truly only knew that she existed from hearing you say her name. So I'm excited to talk about her in a bit. I am too. But before we go, like, Jackson, what have you been up to? Like, if you were to give, like, a rundown, I guess, of, like, let's think of this as, like, coming back to school. Like, what, what how did you spend your summer? Um, how are you, like, any updates you want to give people? Like, oh, how are you practicing self-care? Oh, such a good question. Um, well, I've really bounced around from a lot of different, you know, self-care strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first half of the year, I would say, really until the month of August, I was practicing self-care by um, isolating myself in Ohio, mm-hmm. um, Patrick and his family. Uh, and then I returned from Ohio to do what? Go to Fire Island. Um, and so that's sort of uh, what put me on to my next, um, you know, sort of strategy for self-care, which was uh, doing too much and leaving town to go to like Airbnbs every other weekend. Um, so you really did. I feel like every time I'd go on Twitter, I'm like, where, 
where where are you and by twitter um, i mean instagram because upstate the hamptons fire island just really bouncing around you know really safe uh covid protocols um so that <laughs> you know it's really all in all i was doing too much i i don't think i fully comprehended um how bad my socializing skills had uh, gotten in ohio until i got back here and like was so desperate to talk to people that I was like oversharing or just like never like stopping speaking. Um, Social cues and mores. I think even if you hadn't gone to, like I found it when I, like my pod uh, are our friends, like four of our friends who I see regularly. And even when I'm with everyone in the pod at once, I'm like, what? Like, yeah. It, it was a little overwhelming. So I think I've finally gotten past that feeling a little bit. And now what I'm doing for self-care, honestly, I uh, started an SSRI, shout out to Zoloft. Um, she's been really helping me. And then I also started therapy. Um, wow. And that's been very helpful. I recommend talk therapy more than I probably would have before. Um, I think in my mind, therapy was about like someone telling you what to do or giving you strategies. But so far for me, it's really just about like hearing myself explain things to a total stranger and realizing like, oh, that's fucked up or like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's just like, you really have to evaluate the stories you're telling yeah. uh, in a new light because there's no sort of like assumed knowledge or like, Oh, we both are like okay with this kind of thing. It's like I have no idea who this woman is really, and so I'm just telling her so much about myself, and then like waiting for whatever the follow-up question is. I think that's a cool way to view it. Like the way you yeah. said it, it's like examining. So, like full disclosure, I've never been to therapy. So hearing you like describe it like that, I've never really heard anyone talk about it that way, and I think that that's just also just an interesting way to like evaluate yourself moving through life, even outside of therapy of like one, even the stories that you choose to tell, like the things you're even choosing to tell this person and what right. it says, yeah. and even in like our socializing circles of like what you're saying and what you're not saying. I don't know. I think it's so fascinating and I'm proud of you for being so open about um, that Um, and that just reminded me of our Alec Baldwin episode when you were very vulnerable, who someone Uh, close to Alec, who's very popular on the internet was referenced in that episode and also is going to be discussed in this episode. That's awesome. Um, what have you been doing for self-care? Um, so I feel like when we were recording, I was so good about, doing yoga every day, getting my five miles on a bike and then work picked up and I kind of got off that. And, Mm -hmm. oh, I think since we stopped, I got a Fitbit. Oh, love that. Which I love. I love tracking my steps. And so um, that has helped me like if I hadn't reached 10,000 on here doing that. Um, I feel like, so I'm getting back like today, I've gotten back on the bike and on other days. So that's what partially what I'm doing. I feel like spending so much time with your partner um, 
I've been evaluating like my behavior and sometimes and responses to things and um, which has been good, some self-reflection. And I feel like we're closer than ever. Sam's literally just sitting over there, like not even looking at me. He's just like, oh, he can, he's, he's, he's playing Red Dead Redemption too. And then I was like, you're not even, he's like, wait, what did you ever talk about? Um, but no, so I think that's what I've been doing for self-care, just like tending to my garden here, you know? Yeah. You know, in the I ways was... of like physical self-care kind of went to the wayside in terms of like, I wasn't necessarily getting cardio or anything, but I was counting my steps um, and trying to just be like, oh, I think certain behaviors can get excused when you're like in a busy thing and you're going and then you're like, when you're just sitting around with that person, you're like, wait, why am I responding this way? You know? Yeah, for sure. It's been just a, a year of evaluation. Excuse me. Um, so I know that we often have one character we want to talk about in an episode, but today uh, we are instead going to be recapping um, the We Forgive You uh, 10 Moments of Culture for the year. Uh, these are in you know, no way reflective of anyone else's opinions of what is you know, culture of the year except ours and just things we felt like needed uh, to be discussed with the forgivers. Yeah, um, and there and there some of them are things that we were like, oh, this is our calling back to do the podcast. Some of them, like even as we we're just chatting about, it, I was like, oh wait, like I see how that's kind of tied into our own self-care or like what we're doing or like whatever. Um and so I feel like the first one kind of we both have our own experience of like quarantine with a partner. Yeah. And so we had thought about quarantine couples, which I think when we were um, still recording, like Camilla and Sean were still walking around with their empty cups, right? Has that happened? Like, was oh yeah, I it was happening, but here, what? So Camilla and Sean Mendez, like slowly walking for these tap shots, you know. <laughs> I uh, I will say, so I used to, you know, really have a crush on Shawn Mendes, would listen to his music also. Wait, like, used to? Yeah. As like, in the past? Yeah. As in, in no longer? As in no longer. I, his, him and Camilla's like quarantine couple dumb, and then like his re, like interview sort of prep for this new album he put out, and then like that song Wonder. I wonder. I just was like, oh, this is all bad. Like, this song is bad. Like, whatever you're doing with your hair is bad. I hate your girlfriend. You say, I've always hated her. I don't like her music and I can't stand her voice. Um, oh, we disagree. That's fine. When she did that Grammy performance and, like, sang to her dad and, like, went inside his lap, I was like, this is disgusting. Um, She's like my least favorite pop star, maybe ever. Um, More than Rita Ora? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Rita Ora has some. BB Rexa? I like BB Rexa better. I saw her on Songland. She honestly had good feedback. I was like, oh, you're Songland, <laughs> I thought. BB uh, Rexa won me over on Songland. Um, and, 
anyway, so yeah, Sean Mendes, it just like, it, he's not doing it for me anymore. Oh my God. See, so the reason I want, like, I was thinking about them is I, I feel like, and I feel like you can't, this is the time where I think it's like, you're not faking a relationship at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you like, we've seen so many breakups of people during this time, like celebrity, non-celebrity, like people that we know who've broken up of just like, oh yeah, like we don't like each other or just like, oh yeah, this wasn't, relationship wasn't serving me and it's sur- sure as shit not serving me when you're the only person I have to see. Yeah. Um, he quarantined with her family and wrote an album there. Like, I think, I think it's real and it made me, I think that they're greasy tweesies, okay? Like, I think they're just like, hot people who are greasy and seeing them in quarantine together I was like I I think you're both living your truth you know they probably are and I you know I don't like their truth what about uh Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck I mean Ben Affleck is made for quarantine you know like him with his mask on his chin like smoking (laughs) sad on a corner he really is just He's a meme generation for like existential despair. And so I love that. Um, Ana de Armas, you know, this is, it's been rough for her. I kind of have sympathy there because she was really supposed to have like a big year. She was supposed to like use all of her um, Knives out. newfound fame from Knives Out and then suddenly also be the new Bond girl in April and then have this movie with Ben Affleck that was like gonna be pushed for Oscar contention this fall and none of that happened. Um, And so instead of, you know, becoming a movie star this year, she's become a tabloid fixture. And obviously that was like an intentional choice that she made, Um, but it was supposed to like coincide with all of this other stuff that would like make it seem less sad. And instead it's just like her and Ben Affleck going to Dunkin' Donuts a lot. and again i think people living their truth like why do they need to go on so many walks outside of their property like why are they just walking on their neighborhood um but something about it don't you think it i just stopped um like having judgment towards them and sean mendes and camilla like people who i feel like at the start of the quarantine i was like uh what and i just have to stop and laugh because it's like, this is, we're all doing what we need to do to get through this. And, you know, many of us are lucky that the pandemic has not, or like the actual virus has like spared us and people we love so far. Um, and so it's like funny to look at these people who are just like, this is them trying to survive is like, we need to be photographed with Duncan's or empty cups of coffee or like Sean Mendez referencing the cup of coffee when he does like a Jimmy Kimmel interview or something when he's like it's just nice man to like wake up in the same place every day and like have the coffee cup that you drink out of every day um I just love it because these people are living normal lives and they think it is so profound and to me my self-care is just letting go and letting God for them (laughs) that is good and I do think uh, that does kind of like epitomize in a way, like my entire approach to celebrity this year, which is just yes. like, oh, I don't care what y'all are doing. 
I, I think like, that's partially why both of us weren't called back to the podcast is we were like, I actually just like, I just don't really care anymore. But yeah, there are certain I mean, things I'm fascinated by, like these two very annoying, very visible couples. But it's like, this is what you need to be doing to survive. And I'm fascinated by it. So I will say the things that I've enjoyed about celebrities this year either involve their talent or their glamour. And like the four people we're talking about are giving me neither of those things. Um, Wait, so who brought it for you? Like J-Lo? <laughs> no, like Again, more... my epitome is always like J-Lo? Other, well, I mean, J-Lo at the, the Super Bowl for sure. Um, but like, you know, Mariah Carey, who we'll talk about, she, you know, always keeps it glamorous. Um, always. No matter what. And I love that in a celebrity. Um, and then like Taylor Swift has, you know, had the worst looking bangs of anyone's life this year. Uh, but, you know, it, like, I think intentionally tried to look bad so that her mute, like, so that you'd have to just focus on the music Roz is putting on. <laughs> uh, the infamous hat that she received from her old boss. <laughs> this is the long bond sessions. Um, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, you know, that, those celebrities have interested me because they've like found, I feel like you were saying like, everyone's doing what they need to do to like survive in some way. And like they're both of their like things they needed to do to survive. I find very appealing and like, just like going further into their persona as celebrities. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Like Mariah fully, like she's always gone in on Christmas, but this year it was like to the nth degree. Yeah. I mean, we should just talk about this now. We can. Oh yeah, should we? Because I think maybe we do Mariah and then go into Taylor because I think that that's really interesting how you just made that. So Mariah. Mariah. So Mariah had two huge, well, three huge things this year, really. Um, she released her book, you know, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, her <laughs> memoir, um, which we were planning to cover um, as part of the We True Hollywood Stories book club, but didn't. Um, and then she had her album, The Rarities, drop, which is like a ton of deep cuts yeah. um, that hadn't ever been released or had only been released as like B-sides or abroad. And then she had her uh, Apple TV Christmas special mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and released a new version of uh, Oh Santa with Ariana Grande, her sort of like assumed... Uh, Air? Eve to her, um, well, like the all about, like if it was all about Eve, it's like Ariana Grande is her Eve. You know, this young upstart who's trying to uh, eat your, eat your cake. No, what is the phrase? Um, someone else is trying to eat. Oh, eat your lunch. She's trying to eat her lunch. I've never else heard that phrase. It's like she's coming there. up the rear. <laughs> she's yeah. next to ascend the throne. <laughs> All, all, all these could be valid. We're not great idioms, mm -mm. Um, but I, I do just really. I feel like she's leaned in so heavily on, like, this is who I am, uh, and this is me just sort of like putting it all out there. Um, the memoir I have been struggling to read, um, so I have not finished it, uh, admittedly, um, but. I've read some of it and some excerpts um, and I've enjoyed those. Uh, the Christmas special, did you, you said you did not watch it. I don't have Apple TV, but 
I really want to watch Ted Lasso and Dickinson and this, so I probably should just do a trial. Yeah, I think it's like five bucks. Oh, it's yeah. Worth that. Oh, wait, I could just buy uh, it. No, I mean, like the Apple TV oh. subscription, I think it's $5 a month. I'm old. <laughs> um, um, I haven't read, her, so her book has been on my list because I keep thinking that we're going to come back and do our We True Hollywood Story book club, which I also just want to call out that there is a new podcast about celebrity book clubs, but we predated it. The, that came together as a result of Mariah Carey's book. Um, so that was just my comment yeah. on that. But I do, I do have a desire to read it, but I keep putting a pause on it thinking that we're going to have a mutual book club again. Well, maybe we will. Um, if I can ever get through it. I mean, um, since we never discussed my full service life. I know. <laughs> um, we never gave Scotty Bowers his due. Sorry if you guys uh, read along to that, that tale. Um, but that came in when that's not on our list of culture for the year. Um, but yeah, Mariah, you know, she has the number one song the start of the year. She had the number one song at the end of December. And then she's starting 2021 at number one again. Uh, All I Want For Christmas Is You is back at number one. So she's... That's so cool. Top of the pop charts, man. You know, I, I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer to this at all, but has anyone ever like started and finished the year at number one? And I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Like has the song ever been number one in January and in December? Let me know. Has what? Say if that anyone else. Like, has the same song been number one in January of a year and December? This, like, obviously, the same song's been number one January of, like, 2019, or December 2019, like January 2020. Yeah, but not but, January 2020 and December 2020. I don't know. I think that what's also really cool and refreshing about someone like Mariah Carey, who's always had, like, a persona of herself and what she sells to people this year she i don't know if she like opened up herself well obviously with her book she definitely like showed more of herself and exposed more of her life but it felt like that she to your point like not only just like leaned into this idea of her but like she actually like is thriving as a result mm-hmm. of like a commitment to her brand and it's like where other people have like really struggled and been like, I don't know how to do this without a team. I don't know how to do this. Like, I'm just not going to do this. It's like someone, the elusive Chanteuse. Um, I, I did not expect her to be as a big of a star this year. Like I did not think that 2020 would be like the more, I would never call it a comeback. I would never say comeback. No. Um, don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. But Jesus Christ, I did not think that she would be like America's sweetheart again. I'd say, I'll give it to her. I'd say she's America's sweetheart. I agree. Um, when you say don't call it a comeback about Mariah Carey, are you quoting Jada Pinkett Smith? Um, I th- assume so. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. Because but- I, I think it was Jada Pinkett Smith. Someone asked her about like Mariah's comeback at something related to emancipation of Mimi. And she's like, 
don't call it a comeback. It's not a comeback. She's not coming back from anything. She's always been here, but it is a good album or something. I don't see in my mind. I thought Mariah did say that. Like when she was doing press, I thought she was asked that and she was like really defensive about like, don't call it a comeback. I thought it was her. The illustration too. Well, uh, forgivers, if you remember this moment, I'm not going to look it up. So let us know if it was Jada Pinkett Smith, Mariah Carey, or both. It's I a mean, multiple choice. I love both. The red table. Um, bring it to the red table. Bring it to the table. The table <laughs> honestly, I love the red table talk and I've never watched it, but I love the idea of time to bring it to the red table. It's time to bring it to the table. Um, well, I deleted my Facebook, so it makes it a lot harder to watch the red table talk. Like the Olivia Jade one. Yeah. I just watch any like excerpts that end up on Twitter. Yeah. I'll bring it to the table. Um, Olivia Jade, not on the list. Um, but mm. someone who is on the list is the other uh, Shantuz slash songwriter. <laughs> oh you my know, God. More than Mariah because they're both um, prolific songwriters. Uh, but Taylor Swift uh, had not one but two surprise albums this year. Um, and I would say uh, these are my two. No surprise, uh, biggest moments of culture of the year in terms of what if I spent the most time with. Uh, it's like, number one is Patrick, number two is Folklore. Uh, oh my God. Time, I, I just can't, I can't believe it. That's how I feel when I listen to these albums. I'm just like, Wait, wow, that is beautiful. Like the sheer awe is what you're, what you're expressing. Yeah. It seems to be like awe. Yeah, no, I, so Evermore came out and I, we stayed up until midnight to listen to it because we were already just kind of up hanging out, me and Patrick. Um, I was on a gummy, so I was feeling great. Um, feeling so cool. And then I listened to it and I truly just sat there shocked. I was like, I can't believe she put out another album and like this, it doesn't sound like folklore, even though it's with the same you know, production team, the same sort of like collaboration pod. It sounds like yeah. a completely different album and it doesn't sound like B-sides. Like there's it's real- It's its own album. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's full. What's also funny is I think that like what we were just talking about with Mariah and with um, Taylor, I don't think that they could have done this outside of a year, the year that we've had. Oh, for sure. I just try to imagine, one, we just wouldn't have folklore. We just wouldn't have, like, the time. I don't think that Mariah, she'd always been planning this book, but I don't, I think the book, too, it would have been different. Like, I don't think that this, she would have become, like, this full queen of Christmas. And, yes, we're aware that the song has been around for over 20 years, and every Christmas she sings it and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's almost like as her kids have gotten older, Mariah's, like, leaned into this larger idea of herself in a way that's more fun and mm -hmm. it seems like in a similar way like had this year not been around taylor wouldn't have been able to like remove herself from the idea of herself and just like well, make she also music. Would have lover fest. she would have been oh my god yeah we so, would have had a different we would have had a different album next year yeah but it wouldn't have been two this albums and I do like that it's just like a sign that you're sort of freeing yourself of expectations. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, there was no sort of like 
like there's no bad lead single here no and and there's no like tour like publicity tour that has to be created around it or some mythology around it um or a diet campaign or keds campaign that launches alongside the album or like an nfl integration yeah college football all the things that you're just like ugh, i get it but jesus christ like none of that had to happen you could truly just like sit there and enjoy the music well i like which that is she what said, we've always yeah well and she like, didn't tell her record company like until like a few days before her record label so, uh, i'm getting of my the water. two albums what uh, of the, i said slurp slurp <laughs> slurp of the slurp. two albums which one is your favorite um, so when I first listened to Folklore, I was like, wow, this is a good album, but I don't know that I love it. Like I could just tell, like, mm-hmm. we've talked about allowing artists to grow and become the artists they're meant to be. And so, um, I was like, huh. There was a lot, there were songs that I liked, but stuff that I wasn't fully into and then I think I got really into the okay here's my hesitation it was a fall album that came out in the summer and I wasn't ready to listen to it of course I've listened I listened to it repeatedly and then when the fall came I actually got really into it and then like I it took cardigan took me a while to get into and then your girl's sitting here in a limited edition cardigan Roz is in the cardigan cardigan I'm in the cardigan cardigan with a special edition one, so it's like brown. Um, but then Evermore came out, and I, I think Folklore is an incredible album. I think Evermore is an incredible collection of songs. Um, and so I, I love Cowboy Like Me and Champagne Problems. Like, I think Cowboy Like Me is an iconic song. And I don't know that I find anything iconic on folklore. Is that it? Wow. wow. What do you think? So I, um, no surprise, I'm, I as a, you know, resident sad boy, um, folklore coming out in the middle of a summer where I couldn't like be fun and gay. I was like, well, then I'll just be sad and listen to folklore. Uh, so it really did match you know, what was going on with my life at the time. Yeah, um, you felt this was when Taylor really aligned with you. Yeah, we really, I mean, I would say this is the most we've synced up as a duo, me and Taylor, since yeah. Red came out. Um, it felt like Red uh, in terms of the release, where I actually liked what was happening before I got the album, and then I also liked the album. Yeah. Uh, because We Are Never Getting Back Together is, her last like good lead single. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Shake It Off bad. I think Shake It Off is bad, but I will tell you, we were talking about this on Christmas, whenever I hear, like I'd always like, oh, all we're gonna buy is Shake It Off. And then I hear it and I immediately am drawn to a dance floor. Oh, I'll absolutely, like any wedding, I know why she recorded that. I know why it exists, but you know, you can like hear a song and like, like it for that reason it's like oh i want to like if this plays at a wedding i'm on the dance floor i'm shaking it off like am i gonna sit here and you know listen to it while i'm working probably not no Uh, so i will say um 
my oof, my favorite song is maybe Invisible String on Folklore. Oh my god. Yeah, it's my favorite on Folklore. Folklore, uh, I've really dug into the song with multiple people. Uh, my friend Kyle and I sat in the house from Fire Island for like an hour and just talked about this one song um, while we were, you know, high in a hot tub. So there's a reason that we wouldn't stop talking, but. Well, do you want to um, share like one, like anything you really love about it? Do you like that the Invisible String shows up in the Willow music video? Oh no, I don't like the, the music video with like this sort of like sparkle effect. It looks like <laughs> a bad Instagram filter. I'm not into the music videos at all. Um, Folklore and uh, Evermore for me have like nothing but like maybe the, the album cover in terms of a visual. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which I like. Taylor's only, I've never loved her videos outside of like playing uh, space. Oh yeah, I, I don't think her videos, I rarely watch the videos. I, I still haven't seen Cardigan. Jake forced me to watch it. Willow. Yeah. Um, Cardigan's better than Willow, I think as a video. Um, but so Invisible String, what I love about it is that, or like our revelation, one of our revelations while we're talking about it in this hot tub um, is that it's a song that like could be a song about someone you're currently dating or about like a past love. Um, it like works in either way because it's like, isn't it so pretty to think? Uh, which is like not a judgment call. It's not like this is a good thing or this is a bad thing. It's just like, I like imagining the idea that we were like connected by this invisible string. Yeah. Um, and so you can really like be in any sort of state and still like find uh, like some level of uh, yeah. meaning to it. And I think it's just beautiful. Um, but I, you know, when I'm like really feeling it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be my uh, like wedding song. Um, but I'm also not engaged or getting married anytime soon. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, but so I think I would probably choose Folklore over Evermore just because I can't imagine my year without Folklore. Oof. Um, I mean, hearing you say Invisible String and then the one, do I take it back? Because I do love an album. I love an album. Um, Forgivers, when I say um, album, I mean that truly like I don't like to skip songs. Um, oh yeah, no, I don't skip on either of them. Uh, what I'll say about Evermore is that it's more upbeat and the back half is easier to listen to uh, because it gets like less sad at the end. The back half of Folklore gets a little down. Oh wait, oh my God, I forgot. Like we haven't talked on the podcast about this at all. So can I share my hot take on Mad Woman? Actually, I don't know if it's a hot oh, take yeah. anymore. I think it's about Scooter Braun and his wife. Because no one likes I think, him. Well, you told me that as soon as it came out, and I just accepted it as like a Bible well, fact. And then our the rumor about Erica Jane and Scooter Braun meeting at a sex club and dating Erica Jane. For those of you who don't know, Real Housewife of Oh my God, that was going to be on my list of um, Beverly Hills, who's getting a divorce that is now going to be iconic but truly will not, it'll be so fucking boring on the show because they sure as shit will not talk about anything interesting. Um, but Mad Woman, I think, is about Scooter Braun cheating on his wife and his wife just being a good, like, dutiful wife. Um, wow. And I think 
My Tears Ricochet is about the guy who used to own Big Red Machine. Big Machine Records. <laughs> Did I say Big Red Machine? Big Red Machine. Wait, isn't that isn't that Aaron Dresner's side project, Big Red Machine or something? Maybe, yeah. Uh, um, so I, I think uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which is sort of separate from Taylor, but I, I can't help but like compare contrast, mm -hmm. um, is our, you know, our patron saint of the pod, uh, the legendary Miss Britney Spears. Um, who I get a lot of questions about um, because, you know, we're such stands. Yeah. Um, or I would say we're such, I'm a fan, I'm not a stan. Um, yeah, I don't think, I think that when we also say she's our patron, patron saint, like I didn't listen to Matches until today because I didn't know it came out. Yeah, well, so the, like, the troubling thing this year um, has obviously been like a renewed focus on the conservatorship, mm. um, which a lot of people, including like my sister, didn't realize existed until this year. Like she didn't know that Brittany was under this and so was asking me about it at Christmas. Um, and so Brittany had petitioned to have her father fully removed as a conservator of her estate and basically having like a neutral arbiter um, installed, like someone that I think like comes from a bank. Um, yeah, I think it was like an accountant. It yeah. was someone who just would be just to handle her money, essentially, yeah. not her life. And because her father's already been removed as her like personal conservator. Mm -hmm. But has not been removed right as like a fine he still has financial financial hold over her and the court did not um basically like accept uh, it denied the request it, yeah they denied the request to remove the father as server thank you um and so then basically in this court filing Brittany said that she like through her lawyer said that she you know is afraid of her father and also that she has no intention to work again as long as she's underneath this conservatorship and yeah. so then in the aftermath of that uh that that ruling um her team whoever they are decided to uh, first release a um an an unreleased glory song from the glory sessions called swimming in the stars uh, to urban outfitters is a vinyl. <laughs> Wasn't it released though? Sometimes I get confused with these Britney tracks because there are so many like, Oh no, mood ring was a Japanese track. Sorry. Right. A Japanese so mood track. Ring already happened earlier this year where it like was added to glory as like a fan demanded uh, single, um, because it was released in Japan and then leaked, but wasn't on streaming services at all. So now it's added to streaming services. Um, and then Swimming in the Stars, they're gonna, they put out via Urban Outfitters as a vinyl, the song you could only get on vinyl. And then they decided to put it out as sort of like a surprise release single type thing, but like just tacked onto the end of Glory. Um, and then after that happened, they also decided to add a song called Matches featuring the Backstreet Boys onto Glory and then say that it's like the Glory Deluxe Edition. And so they like changed the album artwork and 
um, just like, and now it's this image of her like on the beach, surrounded by chains. Isn't um, her in the desert, right? Oh yeah, in the sand. Well, um, doesn't it remind you of her um, womanizer, like when she's in the desert and she was so uncomfortable? Oh, no wait on um, work bitch. Work bitch, sorry, yes. Yeah, when she's like supposed to be whipping dancers mm -hmm. or whatever, and she looks uh, physically uncomfortable, disgusted. Yeah. Um, and but so this image that they replaced the album cover with because it had been just this like close up of her face. And now is this image of her like in a bikini covered in chains laying in sand. Um, there's like outtakes from this David LaChapelle image and it like truly is like her chained up, like in a way that's like very clearly like a like blunt metaphor for like what's happened to her. Yeah. Brittany's always telling us what is happening and- We just aren't listening. Truly. Um, and so my feeling on these new songs, it's like, do I like Mood Ring? Yeah, I think it's a great track. And like the other two are pretty good. Um, but I don't think that she's behind them. And that like, I don't think she has anything to do with the release. And then they keep sort of like licensing out her uh, like most iconic imagery, especially like the Baby One More Time stuff, like The Hundreds, who's this like LA streetwear brand they just launched a like capsule collection capsule collection of britney apparel and it's like i would kind of like to buy this stuff because like one of them has like the baby one more time like track list on like the bottom and it's just okay. like to you know walk around with email my heart and like born to make you happy um like flaunting that does sound very appealing but it's like all of these things are just like shameless cash grabs to make money off of someone who's refusing to work otherwise yeah and who yeah, yeah it's like we she does not want people buying the stuff right um and she's right she's just being like fully like used it's very much honestly the like even though like the black mirror uh ashley o idea it's like oh you don't want to record music we're gonna record it from you anyway like yeah we're gonna well it's just this whatever dream machine where you're still like making music it reminds me on like a very tangential way of like the discomfort of like going to um, museums when they like show artist sketches or like their destroyed work. And it's like, well, there's actually a reason like they didn't want this shown. And yeah. it's like, she is very much like, I don't want this. I didn't choose to have this on my album for a reason. And now you're just like, oh, blah, blah. so yeah. Jackson, I'm going to tell you what to do if you don't want to support her father. I want you to go on a little website called Etsy.com, one of my earlier pandemic favorite websites, and you can find a knockoff that will not, no money will go to her dad. It'll go to a local artisan. A local artisan. On Etsy. Um, I'm, I need to track an Etsy delivery. I have really bad luck with Etsy. Um, oh, yeah. I ordered something in end of October that was shipping from Bulgaria. It's like, it's a vintage cigarette holder for Alex Abel who never listens to the show um the woman was like can you just wait a little longer <laughs> October <laughs> amazing what are you waiting Still on um that's iconic uh quick question before we jump to the next topic which is did you ever get your Buffy DVDs delivered wait did I not share that on here yeah I don't know um 
For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I was very vocal about my Buffy DVDs, all seven seasons and all five seasons of Angel. <laughs> they all did arrive. Um, Sam is fully a Buffy head, and he's an Angel head too, but we actually haven't finished Angel because we miss Buffy so much. Wow. Yes, but thank you for asking. Wow. That, that was just a huge, I wanted to make sure everyone was fully looped in in case you were listening, you know. And wondering just, if I ever got them. Yeah. Um, am I aware that Angel and Buffy are streaming on Hulu? You bet your ass. But when uh, the, this country keeps going the way it's going and all of our internet is out, y'all are going to be wanting to come over to my house to watch Buffy the seasons of a show. <laughs> You're going to want to. You're going to want to. So Roz, on a sort of lighter note, um, we have two little things here at number three and four, even though we really dug into some, some meteor topics. First, Although I do think two kind of goes into this because it's like someone from Britney's era. No, oh, we can do that. So um, as you all know from the We uh, Hollywood, um, We True oh, Hollywood yeah. Story book club, uh, we did read Jessica Simpson's open book earlier this year um, and in my last, or sort of like last moments of freedom. You know, I read it on a train to Berlin before I, you know, had the time of my life. Last time I had to travel, you know, outside of the country. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I did travel a bit inside the country, um, much to uh, the CDC's dismay. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have to just own that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jessica Simpson's open book uh, has really stayed relevant all year. It's been in a lot of ways, the year of Jessica Simpson, um, because she has really reclaimed her celebrity uh, mm -hmm. through this book and then through uh, now an Amazon um, multi-project deal uh, for the rights to open book that they're developing into a show about her early life and including her relationship and then eventual divorce from Nick Lachey. I'm so excited. Uh, and then also she's writing like essays that are going to be published exclusively through something on Amazon. Yeah, like what? Really is know. it going to be like Audible or something? Or Maybe. Um, I have like eight Audible credits because I never canceled my Audible subscription. Uh, <laughs> but we stopped doing the, the okay. uh, book club and I stopped being able to read. Um, and so I've just been collecting You're those credits. You're credit. If you You're going to buy the essays. If you cancel the credit, or if you cancel the subscription without using the credits first, the credits go away. Isn't that criminal? I complain. Yeah, I mean, from something from owned by Jeff Bezos. Yeah. It's not worth the effort. Um, so I'm just gonna have to spend those eventually. Um, anyway, it's just, I wanted to announce that, you know, that news about Jessica, it felt like that was another thing that called us back to the pod. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that Brittany will have, be able to reclaim her narrative? Do you see that in our lifetime? I don't know, honestly. Um, I think it's gonna be really difficult. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about that with the book, but I think that's also something that's like why we're so excited is like, I don't know if I texted you this, but I was like listening to, oh, I listened to Hillary Mor Burton Morgan's audiobook. Loved it, great, she's a great writer. Um, and something she said reminded me very much of Jessica's, like, he can take whatever he wants and I'm going to go back and make all those back. In fact, I made a billion. And like, I still get chills thinking about her, like being like, in fact, I did, except I made a billion more. Like, 
Be like billionaires shouldn't exist, but like chills still. Right. Um, I, I do love that quote. Um, unrelated, I just really want to quickly plug. This isn't on the list, uh, but you yeah. said Hillary, and so I was thinking about Hillary Duff. And I wanted to just quickly state for any forgivers out there, if you're looking for, you know, something to watch, um, Emily in Paris is available to you. Uh, still on Netflix, ten episodes. Uh, true joy for me. Um, if we had been recording at the time, I would have done a whole episode about Lucas Bravo's uh, food diary that I think got deleted from the internet, but I did screen record before it got deleted. So if you need it, I have the file. Um, long story short, he doesn't eat any food, but he is vegan. Um, but in a way that where he's actually just not eating. He's an eating uh, disorder. Yeah, disordered he's, eating. But he's very beautiful. Um, and then I watched Younger, which stars Hilary Duff, uh, because I needed to get my Darren Star fix after watching Emily in Paris. And Younger is so good. I need to watch it, huh? Yeah, Roz, by yourself. This is a great, you know, just, it's a self-care show. So at some point, what my self-care was, was Younger. It didn't make the list, uh, but just wanted to shout it out. Also... As we're shouting out her, let's shout out Hilary Duff, who stepped away from the Lizzie McGuire reboot officially because they were not being true to the journey that would have been Lizzie McGuire in her 30s. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, uh, let Lizzie fuck, let Lizzie, like, do coke in a bathroom line, like, let her Have gay her friends! <laughs> yeah, like, let Lizzie, like, think about getting an nipple piercing. Whatever she wants to do, she's allowed, like... I'm sorry, if she had to, like, think about getting a bra, she can think about getting a piercing, you know? like Yeah, she can also probably talk about birth control and abortion. Yeah, oh, Lizzie absolutely would be, like, she would have gotten a, um, what do you call it? An IED? Like a permanent, yeah. Yeah. When Trump got elected, you just know that she did. Yeah, she did. She did, honey, she did. I also think she tried out a Nova ring at one point, but it wasn't for her. I think you're just talking about me now. <laughs> yeah, I might just be talking about you. Um, um, Nova ring, not for everyone, just like an IUD is not for everyone. But um, if those of you have any inquiries, inquiries about an IUD, because people weren't doing that, um, I recommend it. Yeah. Um, so that's Hillary Duff. Uh, she's always on the list, but didn't technically make this year's list. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone that did make this year's list, even though we don't, you know, have a childhood uh, love for her, Mm-mm. is uh, a little Republican lady uh, named Catherine McPhee Foster. Mm-mm. So, or as her friends are, Kitty. Kitty. Cat. 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 You know, you know we call her Cat. <laughs> we love calling her Cat McPhee. Um, so, I, I just want to be transparent. Like, I've had a strong dislike for her. If you know, if you don't know why, go listen to our Cat McPhee episode. You still might um, not know why. <laughs> you still might not know why. Um, because I, as with someone else we're going to be talking about, I get very obsessed or have strong feelings about people who are not very famous. And Cat McPhee was starting to be really funny during the pandemic. And I was possibly turning a corner on her. Like Jackson would send me memes of her or like things that she posted she clearly had a good social media team well i still couldn't fully be on team cat and then it came out that she has donated money and continues to donate money to not only the republican party but trump's re-election campaign mm-hmm. 
And that's my friend is why you're canceled. Uh, so little miss, hi, my gay boys. Um, you you know, can't say hi to the gay boys anymore, don't honey. Us. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to, don't talk to my people. Okay. Um, Kat McPhee, you know, it just, it all makes sense. I'm sorry. It just makes sense that she's a Republican. It's like, that's why she's always felt so disingenuous. And that's why she's married to David Foster. Yeah, she's a creep. Don't She's like a her. Freak. She's a creep. She's a freak. Can I make it any more obvious? <laughs> um, and uh, now David Foster's, you know, step former stepson and Mahadid is an oh anti-vaxxer. Gosh. Oh, a mess. The whole family is a mess. Don't trust any of them. I don't. I know. I want to look into that more because his sisters are so smart. Anwar's sisters. Yeah. I feel like Bella and Gigi are like on the right side of history. I don't I don't really know anything about them except that I don't think Bella's pretty. Interesting. Is it because she gives you Melania uh, she, Trump vibes? Yeah, she just has like an obvious nose job and isn't beautiful. Oh, I think she's beautiful because I think she looks like a filter. Um interesting. Anyway, she does do it for me. Gigi's fine. I like that she has a baby with Zane. When we haven't seen the baby, it makes me trust her more. Yeah, and we don't know the name, and she's just like, mm-mm. I like that. Yeah. Um, someone else that we just briefly were chatting about for just being fierce and fine, um, Meghan Markle and Harry, I think truly did something iconic by stepping. I mean, I know it's been done by the uncle of Harry who abdicated the throne because he was a Nazi sympathizer. Um, and was kind of pushed out, and he also married an American divorcee. But for Harry to walk away seemed more, again, also dressed up as a Nazi once, not a Nazi sympathizer, but there is the Nazi connection. Um, They walked away from their money and their title, and I bet Taylor Swift's going to write a song about them, because it already sounds like a Taylor Swift song. So I will say, in addition to that, I uh, famously have never been able to watch The Crown, because it's too boring for me um, until season four of The Crown when it finally got juicy enough for me to watch. Um, and I really enjoyed season four. Uh, so if you haven't watched The Crown because you also constantly fell asleep watching <laughs> on Safari, because um, the first, I feel like the first episode of season one is them on the safari and I'm just like, I don't fucking care about the safari. Oh yeah. I actually haven't watched season four yet um, because it's a show I, largely watched by myself and I'm never by myself. Um, But I, I think it's, if you're looking for something, I've heard season four is good, but I think it's so interesting. It's like, like everything is based on something true and it's all like so crazy, but it's true. Um, The, well, the depiction of, you know, being a member of the Royal family, especially like a non heir. Mm -hmm. um, Despair. Right, but you're not even a spare anymore. Like, you know, once yeah. you're like the brother and then your brother has kids, it's like all of those kids come before Harry. Yeah. It's like, why would you stick around and have to deal with this level of bullshit when you're still going to be rich and famous and like much happier not being And you could go live to California, move to California, start a podcast empire, get a Netflix deal. Actually, I don't think they have a Netflix deal, but like a Disney no, I, need to a Netflix deal, I think. A Netflix deal, like, who needs their money? 
I, I do want to stop giving like politicians or politician adjacent people Netflix deals. The, the Obamas are not, you know, cultural critics. I'm no. over it. Yeah, I think that one's a little weird for me. Um, the about Harry and at least Megan is part of the industry. I'm okay giving her like a no, show. No, that's why I'm just like, she's fine. Like, I'm fine with her thing. Like, that I hope is. Archie, Archie's going to be a beautiful little boy. Yeah, but also, like, I trust her and him. Like, excuse me. Um, like, they're more, like, he knows about the business because his whole life is, like, acting. You know, like. Yeah. That's they know true. good stories and they're connected, but I'm with you. Um, so what do you I mean, want to talk about? Like anyone else, like anyone who doesn't need it, they should get, like I need a Netflix deal before, you know, the former Prince Harry, his but royal harness. He will use his powers to give you a Netflix deal, his powers. Oh, um, that would be so nice of him. I know. What would my show be? Big question for givers. Uh, write um, in and let us know what my show would be on Netflix. I think it would be a work-based show. I think it would be Bespoke Post, but like the name would be like Bespoke Jackson. It'd be something like with a title like that, like, and it would be you Even, at work, like the Jenna uh, Lyons new show. The Jenna Lyons new watched, show. I did read that like I was I hearing about Spanish with Jenna Lyons, which I do plan on watching. Um, that she's like looking for this like team but doesn't actually have a business. I think that's iconic. I love the idea of like launching a show but not having a plan for what you're doing. I that mean, it feels very much like Jenna Lyons. Yeah, well, it kind of reminds me of like Sonia's interns. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, that's not an internship. That's uh, just like a house assistant. Um, Who works for free? Yeah. There's another word for that, honey. <laughs> we're not gonna say it um so there's two other things on our list uh, before we get to the biggest thing the biggest um, thing that rocked our world it brought us all home brought us all home the first uh for me real housewives of potomac Roz, i know you're not um fully up on this season yeah uh, but this season of potomac has been insane um it's sort of uh, equivalent to like the season of Atlanta where um, Phaedra, uh, you know, started oh rumor that Candy. Oh, uh, I hate this storyline so much. Uh, drugged and raped a castmate. Um, Attempted. Uh, so, the story's awful. It's awful. It's horrible. I, the people, what I've learned from Real Housewives, amongst many things, uh, is that people really have like way too high of tolerance for like what people on reality TV are allowed to do to other people. Well, if they think it's like watchable. Well, remember that I fully forgot about that storyline. And I was like, oh, I miss Phaedra. And you're like, gosh, she can never come back. And I was like, what do you mean? And then I was like, because she hasn't been on in like, what, three or four seasons now? Like, yeah. I forgot. But like, I honestly don't think you're allowed to back on TV after doing that. Like, and the fact that Candy is like, so even keeled about everything and just like, cool as a cucumber, probably because of her bank account um, and her talent. That's a classy lady. Oh, yeah, no. Major Parks never allowed back. I mean, she's already been on like celebrity, one of the last celebrity marriage camp, boot camp or something. Not somebody she's, not with the, she's not with Apollo though. Apollo. No, she's not with Apollo. Um, he is, Apollo did appear on 
a more recent season with his new girlfriend. Thank you. Because he was friends with uh, Peter. Wait, was he friends with Peter? He's friends no, with he's one friends of the men. With, uh, with Candy's husband, whose name is something. Todd. Their son's name is A. Huh? Todd. Todd. Yeah, he's friends with Todd. Um, I think he, he came to OLG. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway, back to Potomac. Rope. Potomac. Potomac on Potomac. So there's this woman, Candace, and she uh, famously is a brat. That's kind of like her brand. She's like, has a wealthy-ish mom who like has funded her life and was a pageant girl. So she's like, like a grown-up toddler in Tiara. Kind of, yeah. Um, and so like, I'll say historically, I don't like Candace. Like, I think she's, you know, an entitled brat who says horrible things about people and, you know, doesn't think that saying There's terrible things has repercussions. Um, and then this season, uh, she got the consequence, uh, which is that her castmate, uh, Monique Samuels, uh, physically attacked her at a winery, uh, like grabbed her head and started like hitting it into a table and then was Bad pulled there by producers. And Monique is like in a stairwell with this producer and he's like, you can't go back in there, you can't go back in there. And so instead she runs down the stairwell and out a door to like run around this building to try to like kill Candace, like attack her again. Um, and then like kind of showed zero remorse for it. And now is like built this narrative that the reason that this happened is really because these women like were spreading rumors about like the paternity of her like newest child. child. Um, which all of this is just like not true in my mind, like watching, and I, I have always liked Monique. I think she's one of the most stunning housewives we've ever had. She's so beautiful. And there's things I've liked about her in the past, but I'm just like, you can't uh, physically assault your coworker. Like Candace is her coworker. And I think that's what people like, don't put these shows in that context. But like- That is I, the narrative for every season this year, every um, yes. city this year. Well, because it's like- You're like, these I are coworkers. That, like, yeah, well, because like, if you have that lens on the show, it really just changes like what you find acceptable because people are very comfortable like being horrible to their friends or like in their like personal circles. I think people have like a much higher tolerance for horrible behavior. Uh, but if you put it in a, like a professional context, which this show technically is. Yeah. Like these people are being paid to appear at these events together. Also, they're being paid like uh, like six figures. Some of them, but New Housewives only make sixty thousand dollars a season. I don't know. Did you? Uh, I guess that makes sense. So, but what if you're a friend of? So, do you get sixty also, or does it get I, bumped I, up after? You appear in when you're a friend of. Mm. But Leah on New York only made sixty thousand dollars for her first season, even though she carried the entire season. Because um, they were trying to lowball her for coming back and she almost walked. Which would have been a disaster. Leah's one of the best new housewives we've ever had. I know. Um, well, I've got anyway, the last person anyway, on our list I want to be a real housewife. Who? Hilaria. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so Potomac's just really been eye-opening for me because so many people I know and like, like and trust um, are like, well, Candace deserved it. Like, you run your, like, 
Oh, chicken hit, basically. <laughs> Were you just about to say, like, a very Real Housewives line, like, you run your mouth, you run into the consequences. Like, <laughs> I, something, yeah, that's like, talk shit get hit. Um, and it's like, I just really am not comfortable with physical violence and, like, as one should it. not be. Yeah, I just, like, I, this, yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of personal reckonings. Um, just about like how violent like our culture is this year. Uh, I mean, like, I guess continuously, but like, I think this has just really painted a picture for me about like just another way in which we're totally cool with violence. If we can like say, oh, well you deserved it. You had it coming. It's like, no one deserves to be assaulted. No one deserves Mm. to be assaulted. And that is it for me. I'm like, the fact that Moni got to like quit the show after this reunion instead of being fired immediately after she attacked her coworker is insane to me. But don't you think she probably was fired? Like asked to leave, like a la Jackson Brittany? Well, she was allowed to keep filming though. It's just like, and like they- Because of the storyline, yeah, I mean. But I mean like, imagine if you went to work, someone, physically assaulted you and then you were asked to keep showing up to work and like be around that person. That's insane. It is insane. Anyway, so I, I just, I really need people to reevaluate what they think is okay because that's not okay. Um, I'll let you know when I'm caught up on the season. Please do. Um, now I feel like if I say anything, if I'm, if you're, uh, if if I think Candace had it coming. To Monique, you know, leave a voicemail. You can always uh, call in to the pod, email us uh, your reaction to We Forgive You podcast. Oh um, I don't remember the phone line number, but I was going to give the American Idol number, 1-866-436-5705. If you want to vote for American Idol and let them know if Monique <laughs> Samuels is your American Idol, please do. Um, you can also uh, DM us on Instagram. Um, at we underscore forgive you. Underscore uh, we <laughs> underscore forgive underscore you. There um, we go. We have two last things, and we probably need to keep these a little snappy. So yeah. the first is just um, Wonder Woman 1984, a huge moment in culture in that we've had a year of basically no blockbusters. Um, I famously uh, love to go to the movies. I used to go like once a week and was part of the uh, AMC A-list. Uh, so <laughs> Did you have that. movie pass too? Oh, absolutely. And then I moved on to the A-list when MoviePass went under. Um, Love going to the movies. Love being on a subscription model for going to the movies because then I can just do it whenever I want. Um, But I haven't been able to do that this year. And uh, they haven't really been releasing at least like the same movies. Anything that was like a big spectacle has been basically bumped uh, to next year outside of a handful of things like Wonder Woman 1984. and I think by not having blockbusters and by having to watch these movies in the comfort of your own home, um, it's really been clarifying about like how bad they are. Um, because there, there were a couple of moments in Wonder Woman 1984 that were like, like visually, like there was one scene where they're flying the invisible jet and they go to like a sea of fireworks. Um, Cause like on the 4th of July and it looks beautiful. A lot of the movie looks horrible, but this part looks like truly beautiful. I'm like, oh, this would be fun to see in IMAX, like this one moment. Yeah. And, like, up for 
like how badly plotted and written this movie is. Um, but it's just, it is so nearly unwatchable. The CGI on Kristen Wiig at the end of the movie when she becomes like a cheetah is worse than cats, like in terms of like the Jellicle designs. It's similar, but uglier. Like the special effects are so muddy that the scene is like nearly pitch black because they're trying to cover up how bad it looks. And the character development for Diana, like for Wonder Woman, she's maybe like the like fifth most developed character in a movie that bears her name. It's just, and it's like a Batman and Robin level disaster of- But Batman and Robin is fun. Well, this is not fun, but uh, has a lot of issues. Um, Anyway, I just, it's like without having blockbusters, it's like, oh, when I'm actually watching a movie at home, like I watched prior prior to that, Let Them All Talk, the new Steven Soderbergh movie with Meryl Streep. Oh, how is it? Also on HBO Max. And I really liked it. Um, but it's just like, okay, if I'm just like sitting with my screen at home, like what do I want to hear? It's like great dialogue, like examinations of life, older, like older female actresses, like getting juicy parts. Honey, like that's we'd I, want that anyways. I know, but like, I just like out without having movie theaters, there's not really a place for blockbusters. But I think what you're also <laughs> saying is like, that is also a loss of like how things are meant to be. Scene. Like that, yeah, which is also like how celebrities are meant to be seen. How like we just go circling back to, I forget if, again, we talked for 40 minutes before we recorded of like the socialization and yeah. how things, like we have a society that we're realizing this year of like what we talked about, about the Black Lives Matter movement and also just like how the exposure or like just exposing or just being fully, like everyone is aware of how awful our healthcare system is and how insurance is a scam this year of just like these systems that no longer actually serve the current model we're living in. And I think the blockbuster is like seemingly a small thing, but it's actually not, it's like a billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar industry that is failing because it does not translate to home screening. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't at all. And Again, like, I saw, again, I haven't watched it yet, but I was really excited to watch it. I chose to watch Soul instead, which, again, those of you watching, why is Tina Fey doing the voice? Just of a black character. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't fully do it, but it's very, she does, like, black face by voice. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really, it's fascinating, the models that are no longer serving us. Yeah. Um, speaking of you know, people who aren't serving us, uh, well, they aren't serving us. Uh, how, how do you say in English? Uh, cucumber. 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 Um, Roz, do you want to kick us off on our last topic? So if you listen to the podcast, um, you have heard us talk about Alec Baldwin and his young, I always think, say she's 29. She's not 29. Uh, 29-year-old wife, Ilaria. What? I think she's. I think she's thirty. I think she's two, but I feel like when they met, I guess they got married in twenty twelve, eight years ago. So maybe twenty seven. Um, she, we came to know her, um, discussed her about the Baldwinitos. She's that's what she calls her gang of children, her menagerie of children. Um, 
it came to light this week that she is not a Spanish woman who moved to the U.S. at 19, but in fact, she is an American woman who somehow magically got a really thick uh, Spanish accent when she met Alec Baldwin. And mm-hmm. um, it's really rocked, uh, rocked the internet because my first, I mean, my first reaction was just like, one, when you marry someone like Alec Baldwin and she really made her life very public, you're telling me like no, no one like looked into this or nobody was like, excuse me, I went to school with this bitch. Her name's Hillary. Yeah. That's the part that I don't get. Like, I just don't, I, I, mean, I, I don't understand. So I just, I honestly think like our country's desire for grifting is so high and the level at which we'll excuse it is so, I mean, like, I'm sure, but like, look at who our president is. It's like, we love grifting. We are a nation of grifters and Hilaria is just like our most recent example of, you know, someone completely falsifying their background to get ahead. She's just, I mean, what do you even call this like lat, Latin phase? Like, it's not though, because like, like, she, it's like Euro phase. Like, I, I like that she, on her apology tour, has been like, I've never, like, I've always been open about who I am and my truth, but like her website says differently from the facts that she's claiming. Um, She can't give us a a timeline. It's honestly real housewives type behavior where we can't get a clear story. It's very much like when the housewife, one of the housewives are going broke or something, or they have to like move out of their house in the middle of the night or something. It's like, they can't just be like, you guys, no, this is all miscommunication. She like can't give us a firm answer on anything. And um, her saying that like, I've never lied about my heritage. I have two cultures. I have, um, it's just so, so funny to me because she thinks people are getting on her about like, nobody's denying that Spanish people are white. Oh, right. Like, I just think she's like her, I think her defense of herself is the most fascinating part. Well, I think, honestly, like, I, I mentioned the, how do you say in English, cucumber? Yeah. But it's like, that's, like, that's the grift, you know? Like, that moment, it's like, you're not telling me you grew up both in Boston and... Exactly. ...in Spain. If you're pretending that you don't know what a cucumber is in English. I'm sorry, but, like, that is... But it's... That's not true. Jackson, it's 100% her early interviews. The grift is also just very curious about, like, how she starts dating him and then all of a sudden she's like a correspondent for extra and she's a contributor for the today show and she's repped by CAA. It's, it's very Jessica Seinfeld vibes to me a little bit. Jessica Seinfeld as, as if you followed my Twitter, you know, a few years ago, um, I really, I, Jessica Seinfeld is like a cat McPhee for me. Like just someone that I became like kind of aware of and was like, absolutely not. I hate you. Um, but Jessica Seinfeld also, uh, her real name is Nina. Um, her real name's not Jessica. Uh, and, and like she sort of like 
created her entire persona. She was with Jerry Seinfeld um, and she's dark sided. I don't like her at all. Her whole like stirrings like line of like pied vegetables in your kid's food. No, Uh, just no across the board. Don't like her. Jerry Seinfeld is also a creep. Um, Never forget that he dated a high schooler in his 30s. So, I mean, it's like Jerry Seinfeld creep. Alec Baldwin is a creep and a bad person. And so, of course, their wives are like. Yeah, but but also going back to the fact of like. She misrepresented herself. It's just when you go back to early interviews, which have come up. She speaks in such a thick accent as though English truly is her second language, which, you know, like, no, if that's the case, like, whatever, that's her. But then it was funny when this all came out, I was telling Sam and I was like, oh yeah, I followed her for years because again, I love marginally famous people. I love famous moms. Um, And I went to her videos and I was like, wait, I've literally been following her for probably six years. And it didn't even occur to me that her accent has fully disappeared over the past six years. And it, and right. understandably that does happen when people like speak English every day. Some people, as, as I'm sure we all know in all of our lives, never lose their accents. But then all the videos that people are referencing this week where she fully just sounds like an American, like Valley Girl type thing. Actually, if you go, like, all of her videos for the past year have been like that, except in her apology video, she sort of has a Spanish accent again. It's so bizarre. Honestly, it's so funny. Like, sorry. I think it's hilarious. Do you think Alec knew? I think. Oh, of course, you know. So, do, how, but, okay, I'm with you there, too, because people are like, do you think, he, I'm like, they've been together for eight years. She's repped by CAA. They have this five kids together he i don't think is the most like stable person on the planet so do you like this is how i imagine it because they like met in a yoga class like was she doing um spanish accent like what do we call it like spanish voice um and then when she got to know her and she was like oh i was born in boston and then uh i moved to spain and then i spent a lot of time in both do you think she was like, oh, my accent is just heavier because I spent a lot of time in Spain? Like, how do you, I just, I'm so I mean, fascinated by how she presented herself. You know, as, as someone, I won't fully go into the story, but as someone who's, uh, you know, been the, uh, the victim of a con. Uh, the grifted? Tricked, the grifted? Would grifted, that be it? Uh, uh, as, as the grifted, I will say that um, I think that's why these sort of people really resonate because I think this happens pretty frequently. Um, and you, you only know the answers to questions you're willing to ask. And I think a lot of relationships, like people like the status quo more than they like the truth. And I think that's honestly what happened with her. I think that's interesting. And I, I mean, obviously she saw it as an opportunity to like get ahead. And I, but I'm also curious, like, did she put on the accent when she started doing TV appearances? Like, cause he also seems like he would be like, yeah, do what you need to do. Like get ahead. Well, it's like, in a way it's like very old Hollywood. 
of her. Um, because like, this is what we did, you know, up until like, kind of like the 2000s, like even in the 90s, we were still like renaming people and, um, well, I mean, we certainly you know, like, still are like, um, but even you saying an old Hollywood thing, I, so if you've ever used my phone, you know, it's in Spanish, which means all of my apps are in Spanish. So when I went to Twitter and looked up Ilaria, um, there was a story that I was actually just trying to pull up and it was very old Hollywood and someone it's a person I've never heard of. And it was like this Hillary story reminded me of, there was like a woman who was Irish who posed as a Spanish woman. So like way back when, so she could travel the world as like, not a flamenco dancer, but like some sort of specialized dance. It wasn't even like specific to Spain. And, and it was just like, this is just who she was fully Irish, looked Irish, but just like spoke with English with a Spanish accent and built a whole career off of being a Spanish dancer. And it, it is very old Hollywood. Like I'm sure there are people we're not thinking of, but I'm sure they're very like, someone who comes to mind is Rita Hayworth, but I don't know that she had like a false, Norma Jean, Marilyn Monroe, right. a whole new identity. Monroe. Um, right, a full identity. I mean like, Cary Grant's a fully constructed identity. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of, like, this is not an uncommon occurrence. Um, we just, like, have a much deeper need for, like, the appearance of authenticity now. Um, and I, I just, I just, I like, a Hilaria, Hilaria Baldwin story, like, it wouldn't hit the same outside of, like, social media like without like twitter yeah. like just like clip after clip after clip it's just like you can't hide from the past anymore in a way that you honestly like as a celebrity could like you were saying like she slowly lost the accent and like it's like oh i needed this to like distinguish myself early on or like have this narrative of like who is this woman uh because like hillary from boston is uh, not nearly as like sexy as ilaria from mallorca uh and so it's just like you're playing into this like need to feel exotic because you know it's gonna like have more traction and then like you get to be like speaking on Spanish food to Americans or whatever it is. Yeah. That she's like Well, it's you know, funny, even now that I look at her, I'm like, oh. Do you know what I mean? Like it it's like once yeah. you know a fact, like you see someone truly like differently. And I think there's something fascinating there because like at the end of the day, right, like it it doesn't really matter. It's just, yeah. it matters in the sense that like we all value authenticity and that this was a thing that she used to gain. Um, but something that I've been thinking about a lot today is that like, it's just so, it's so obvious why she did it. And she's still a white woman just pretending to be more European. And mm -hmm. I don't really know how much further she got by doing so but it's fascinating you know what I mean like she's not but she also is like I guess on the other hand like adapting an immigrant story or I guess we all put on an immigrant story on her mm -hmm. I don't know I just I think it's so fascinating to think about because in many ways she's not very famous she's just a very privileged woman 
So right. to your point, it has this very old Hollywood thing. And the funnier part is that it's like, not that she like got that far. She just married rich. Right. And got to be like on the Today Show a couple of times or whatever. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know. And like, yeah. <laughs> and it also gave us one of the best moments on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you watched the full seven minutes of Alec Baldwin, like talking literally about nothing. I did not then, watch it. And then going, when you love someone, you want to defend them. <laughs> Speaking in a normal voice the whole time, gives a pause, and then goes, when you love someone, you want to defend them. Like a whisper talks to the camera. I mean, he's, he's an oddball. He's also an abusive person, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think the ultimate story is that, like, or the thing with Ilaria, uh, just reminds me of how much we do on our own of just like filling in the blanks instead of looking up. You know, it's like when you look at a word and you see like the first, like people email me and call me Justin all the time because they see the J and the N and then fill in the blank of the middle and they're just like, oh, your name's Justin. Like even though you don't get Jason more. <laughs> Jason? I get Jason too, but Jason. I love yeah. calling Jackson Jason. You haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's the same sort of idea. It's just like, you look at Ilaria Baldwin, you like hear, you're like, oh, I don't know that many people named Ilaria. It's like, you know, I know plenty of people named Hillary. And yeah. so you just make up a different narrative in your head and you fill in these blanks and you're like, oh, that's her thing. Like, that's like her persona, this archetype of like, this like, sort of like, I don't know, like the mode of like a Selma Hayek or someone of just yeah. like. Well, bringing it full circle too, to what you said before of like, you're like, how therapy is like kind of teaching you like as you tell your story and stuff it's not unlike that it's like she is withholding things whereas like in the what you're doing right now is like you're you're over explaining things to be like oh because you need context she really right. did let our mind just do whatever you know and i'm sure some people who like started following her last year or something might look at her page and be like oh no I never thought she was from Spain because she speaks fully like an American from Boston you know like yeah. like everyone just does create their own narrative which is like it's like a Rorschach she's like um yeah or I guess all celebrities kind of are oh for sure I mean that's the entire podcast point of our podcast <laughs> I know oh my god so Laria really did like bring us full circle Wow, I'm proud of us. We, we got actually, there. Uh, we actually stuck to the the theme uh, in we our maybe like two hour long episode. Um, well, uh, if you're interested in hearing more from us, we might record again. Uh, we don't know. We don't um, know. You know, this year's not about. Yeah, if you liked it, if you want us to go, is there something coming out that you want us to do? If you want us to actually do our book club for Scotty Bowers, full service or a um mariah we true hollywood yeah. club let us know we could do it um rate review subscribe if you want to um share with know, a friend what, if you want to do what you need to do <laughs> yeah do what you need to do yeah this is not about us this is us getting to, to hang out with each other and just put it out because i guess we have some sort of sickness in our heads yeah we're disgusting and <laughs> You're welcome. Um, well, Roz, this has been a real treat. 
All right. Well, I love you and I love everyone listening and I forgive you. <laughs> we forgive you. Bye. Bye. Oh, I can't